Beep, beep, Sunita's here. Hello and welcome to the Euro What, episode number 110 for the week of March 8th, 2021. I'm Ben Smith and I'm joined today by Mike McComb. Hey Mike. Hello. We are a pair of Americans trying to make sense of the Eurovision Song Contest and this week we'll be talking about, oops, all songs. So many songs. <laughs> it's, like hot, it's like hot and heavy. Everywhere you turn, another song has has dropped. Man, this week was exhausting, but in a good way. Like I in feel a, like in previous years, like we've just been like, oh, when is this going to end? But this was a very fun week of song drops, I thought. Yes, and weirdly chaotic at the end of it. Uh, Mm -hmm. But it wouldn't be Eurovision without a moment where all of a sudden there's just like, oh, no, there's two more of them. We will get weirdly chaotic throughout the episode. So uh, get hype, everybody. Get, Uh, yeah, (laughs) buckle up. (laughs) First, some some sad news. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, Armenia will not be joining us in this year's Eurovision. Hmm. Yeah. If you've been paying attention to the news, Armenia has been dealing with a lot. So it also makes sense to me that they have other priorities right now. Absolutely. Hopefully they will be back to the contest uh, next year or when, when things settle down. But as a result of their withdrawal, there'll be uh, 17 songs in the second semifinal instead of 18. Let's talk about what all dropped this week. Thursday was a big day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and let's start out with Belgium and Hoover Phonic with The Wrong Place. So, Mike, what did you think of this one? Awkward silence intensifies. <laughs> um. Oh, yeah, no, 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 no. I absolutely passed the, I passed things over to you first because I'm just like, I don't. Oh, boy. This this one's tough for me just because uh, their song last year, I'm pretty sure, was my last place. It was low on my list as well. Yeah. And so I feel like anything that they would have sent in would have been better than last year's entry, or at least it was going to be a low bar to clear for me to be like, oh, all right, I kind of like this one. And I like that there's a sense of movement in this piece. I think that was that was the part that I disliked most about last year's entry is that it was just so monotone and just kind of droned on for three minutes. Th- this one, there's a story I don't think it's necessarily an interesting story it it really kind of feels like a high school creative writing assignment where somebody's just kind of narrating their day and trying to make it rhyme my notes for this one was it's you're listening to a friend tell you a story where they don't realize that they're the bad guy oh yeah i think there is an element of that as well has belgium always been this dour and i'm just now starting to realize it I feel like within the last five years, they were much more up-tempo, but then just recently, they're in a mood. It's a weird nitpick, and get ready, because I feel like all of my nitpicks this week are just real weird ones, is that uh-huh. there's all sorts of weird details going on in the lyrics, where it feels like they're trying to make this memorable, but it just makes it weird. Like, why a Johnny Cash t-shirt? 
really that line in particular reminds me of uh, the Ben Folds Five song "Song for the Dumped." Because in that one, they're just like, "Don't forget to give me back my black T-shirt." And I don't particularly like that song either. <laughs> so, so it doesn't help. Well, it's making a strong first impression. It's just making a negative one for me. I'm definitely going to have to sit with this one a little bit and hope that something catches my ear. But I'm, I'm not optimistic about that. It's it's a very apt title because it feels kind of like it's in the wrong place in 2021's lineup because it feels like we're we're leaning much more up tempo. This one's much more dour. It's not scratching the itch I have for. For this year's contest. Although I think they're in the first semifinal, so I, I think that's a safer place for them to be just because this this one would really stick out like a sore thumb uh, in the second semifinal. So they have that going for them. But And I think that's going to be another interesting factor to look at when we start looking at these songs as entries is how it is going to stack up to the rest of the first semifinal because that one's shaping up to be in a lot of different moods i'll put it that way (laughs) yes the next one to drop on thursday came from romania and it's roxon's entry amnesia This one for me feels like an improvement over last year. Alcohol You, I couldn't wrap my brain around that metaphor, and there was some whole fake news stuff that just pulls me out of the song. Mm -hmm. This one, I really like the structure of the song. I like its message overall, although there's another element lyrically that kind of pulls me out. I think that there's a beautiful metaphor to be made uh, between self-love and amnesia especially when you're 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 sort of leaning, leaning too much into others mm-hmm. but to explicitly call out self-love before amnesia every time there's something about that specific phrasing and it popping up and just sort of reminding you this is what the song's about i feel like dropping in not even the middle of all of these song selections but like right at the very beginning was just really bad luck uh on romania's part because especially with a song title like amnesia it's like is this one going to get forgotten and it's just going to lead to so many amnesia forgotten puns throughout the season i think but mm-hmm. this one it has not stuck with me like the other entries that have come out in the last week and i think part of it was it was one of the first ones and then like there was just this avalanche that came uh after it so i i need to sit with this one a little bit that being said I really like the quality of her voice in this track, and yes. it's kind of reminding me of Rihanna. Oh wow, that could be that could be very lovely. And I think the music video is interesting from a staging standpoint. Like if they're able to do something along those lines for the actual stage performance, that could be really cool to watch. I had that same thought of how do you have the same effect that you have with twenty dancers with four or five dancers? Mm-hmm. I think they've got a lot to work with here. I don't yes. feel like it's a completely finished product yet, which is probably good because it would be like, oh, yeah, we're just going to make a couple of tweaks here and we'll re-release it when there aren't 15 other things happening at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Or like give us an acoustic version like once once things mm. settle down in a few weeks of just her and like a guitar or like whatever instrumentation is needed of just nailing the vocal. Yes, please do that, Roxanne. I think that would I, I think that would be... A really good idea. 
continuing our drops on Thursday, we also had the Netherlands revealing Jean Gumacroy's new entry, Birth of a New Age. I really loved the video for this one and the juxtaposition of the Rijksmuseum in Amsterdam with everything that takes place in the video. Mm-hmm. That helped sell the song to me because when I first heard sort of the repeated refrain of your rhythm is rebellion, it felt a little cornball to me. But like by the end of the song, like this is great. And I'm so glad that we're getting this side of Jean Gu. This one did not hit me as hard as Grow did when uh, Grow debuted last year. But with every listen to this one, I love it a little bit more. And I am probably going to be a sobbing, blubbering mess by the time that we talk about this in greater detail uh, toward the end of the season. <laughs> so get excited for that. But I, I am so excited about this entry and just like just the wordsmithery that is that yes. is going into this entry. And and the fact that it's introducing a new language to Eurovision. Uh, the, yes. The refrain of the song is in uh, Sranantongo, uh, which is this uh, Dutch-English hybrid language uh, that's used in Suriname, uh, which is where where uh, Jean Gu's from originally. And that's such a cool element. And it's talking about an aspect of 2020, that, but not in that trapped in amber way that. Yes. I hadn't thought about it that way, but like the second you mentioned it. Well, I love that like we are playing on, that we are, well, not really playing on, but like that, that Jean Gu is sort of diving into his heritage with Suriname, which. Uh, the Netherlands, much like the United States, has a very checkered history and just sort of this this nature of imperialism in all these places they used to own Mm -hmm. and to sort of pull from that and bring that into the contest in this way again just sort of the the juxtaposition of the Rijksmuseum and all of this other cultural stuff sort of mirrors what's going on in the song of bringing in this hair this this culture there and i love it netherlands made such a good choice in in having jongu be their representative and i'm so glad he's coming back and Mm -hmm. yeah like this this is going to be amazing i i have such high hopes for this song (laughs) think that the more i think about this one and what it's doing the more i'm going to get there at the same time on thursday moldova was had scheduled their drop for natalia gordienko's sugar and yeah so they were competing youtube videos and it's like all right it's not really great that we have to like make this choice here but started up the netherlands video and they had a countdown clock being like okay it's gonna actually start in about 10 minutes and it's like okay fine switch over to sugar no real indication of what's going on there switching back and forth end up watching netherlands and it's like all right go back to the moldova video still waiting over on Instagram, we can see that there's this red carpet thing going on for uh, the premiere event, which was happening at the Crave Theater in Moscow to celebrate the career of Philip Kirkorov of the Dream Team. Yeah, well, here's the description of the video where the debut was supposed to happen. The day when Philip Kirkorov and Dream Team will present the single Sugar from Talia Gordienko from Moldova for the Eurovision Song Contest 2021 has come. Feel comfortable. We will bring you to the world of cabaret. You will discover a place that has been attracting secular aesthetes of all stripes for many years. Are you ready to share joy and emotions of sweet and sexual performance created especially for Natalia Gordienko by the creative team and the artists of the Crave Theater? You will be the first to see the show and hear the song Sugar! 
This video promises to immerse the viewer in a sweet atmosphere of love and joy. That's what we've been missing so much lately. And in general, love is never enough. And the sexual candy story is right about that. Someone please hose Philip Kirkorov down. Oh my god. So this is happening. And somebody like eventually posted on Twitter. It's like, oh yeah, just checked her Instagram live. It's not going up until like 1245. Well, it would have been 1245 Chicago time. Like, great. Thanks, Moldova. Uh, about like 10 to the hour, uh, they finally pipe in video. And it's just this sort of... Uh, red carpet Q&A thing at this theater. Nobody's wearing masks, so anxiety levels already like shooting through the roof. And it was the Philip Kirkorov Presents, the Philip Kirkorov Show, with special guest Natalie Gordienko. <laughs> I was expecting with special guest Philip Kirkorov. The show finally gets started, and I can't tell if it's a PowerPoint presentation or what, because it's not lit for filming. It's lit for somebody giving a presentation in a theater. And he's just going through his entire music catalog that he's done for Eurovision and you can hear the various songs that he's been a part of but we can't see any of the video because again it's not lit for that uh and possibly copyright issues I don't know because they kept cutting to the audience like an overhead audience shot which comes up again when the cabaret uh, gets started and it's like oh I'm guessing there uh is like female presenting nipple or something <laughs> that YouTube would have been like we are shutting this down so um yeah, it's just this, it, it's all, like, Philip Kirkorov, this is your life. Like, it's all about him. It is not about Natalia at all. It is not about so, the song Sugar. Yeah, so it gets to all of that. The end of the show, uh, she performs a medley of various Eurovision songs that the Dream Team did. So then you think that it's going to switch to her doing a live performance of Sugar, which is like, oh, that's a like, that is a risky way to uh, present the new song. Nope, it cuts to the video, which they could have put up originally and not force us to sit through, like, a two and a half hour We Love how, Philip Kirkorov presentation. How would, we have, how would we have appreciated Philip Kirkorov's genius had we not been exposed to it directly for two and a half hours beforehand? I guess. And yet, when he was introducing Natalia, uh, he was giving this speech about how he was, like, the supernova of Eurovision. It's just, like, a whole, like, space metaphor. But at the bottom of the screen, they had a ticker where, like, his entire speech was being translated into English. So, like, this was the part that was meant for the international audience. I'm just like, what is going on here? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that was my Thursday afternoon, unexpectedly. <laughs> I was just slowly watching eurovision twitter meltdown mm -hmm. well yeah because i mean every like we will get into san remo in a bit but a lot of people who were waiting for this uh song drop were also like switching over to san remo and this would have been the third day that they were like doing san remo coverage and it had been going on for a while these people are tired <laughs> so suggest play the video please please just play the video so that we can go back to watching San Remo for three more hours. Yeah, yeah. Oops. That's optimistic. I think it was more like six hours. Anyway, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, so the video plays. I've seen the video. Let's let's talk about sugar. So Dave, uh, my husband, came in to watch the video when the video part of the presentation started. We're watching. It's like, okay, kind of getting into the music of this. The 
the pink is a little like is a little much like just the color palette is just it's very vibrant and Mm -hmm. uh then it gets to the climax of the song where she rips off that guy's face and it's revealed and and surprise it's a cake yeah (laughs) everyone's favorite 2020 meme everything is a cake now i'm screaming dave is laughing and he's just like oh this was totally worth the wait and uh, everything is forgiven oh i am as we discussed last week 2020 and just general exposure to twitter has put my brain in the microwave and like Mm -hmm. Getting to that moment, I was like, okay, but, like, I want more cake-based body horror in this video. If you're going to do that, like, lean into it. I am terrified of whatever Sasha Velour rose petals from the wig body horror thing they're going to come up with to recreate that sort of moment (laughs) on the Rotterdam stage. (laughs) Oh, I mean, I just assume that they're going to put it uh, on the big screen in the background. Just like every time we go to the course, they're going to rip another person's face off and it's a cake. <laughs> um, but but yeah, no, like I'm... Oh, I, oh, it could be a Zoom wall of people and all of their faces turn into cake. Oh, I hate I hate Zoom walls so much. Don't, oh, please don't. Oh. Please no. Um, <laughs> there is nothing more that I hate in this pandemic than a Zoom wall at, a, oh. at, a, at an event. Zoom was cake all along. Oh, Zoom no. was cake all along. Oh. Um... <laughs> But but yeah, like weirdly, my my take from watching the video is that I wanted them to lean into that part more because. Mm-hmm. But like, if you're gonna lean into like the the overly sugary ex- aesthetic for mm-hmm. the visuals, do something subversive with it. The song is really horny, but it's not particularly sexy. Yes, that is a great way to describe it. It's such an earworm, though. Like it has been in my head all day and it like particularly like at the gym it's like oh this is a really good song to run to and like just aspiring for those like ice cream cone legs like (laughs) (laughs) um it like on one hand yes on the other hand like it feels so precise in here's a dance break here's another dance break and like i'm so happy that fun moldova is back because i feel like that's that's their strong suit i'm not sure natalia's having fun with it like particularly in the dance break with the ice with the upside down ice cream cones i don't know if the direction was look completely severe uh, mm-hmm. in it because I, I think they're also trying to tap into some of that maroove energy uh yes. and choreography but there's not joy expressed in that and it's like you're surrounded by giant ice cream cones that cones. like have blue ice cream like come on have have a little fun with it so have some fun yeah have you seen the various videos of like dua lipa on stage where she doesn't do a ton of choreography she's just sort of doing the the maruve shimmy or the the goa shimmy mm. with two very severe backing dancers it's like that but like i agree with you that it doesn't feel like she's having fun this one's going to be an interesting one to watch particularly in the second semifinal because man we've got a lot of chaos queens to talk about uh in this episode in particular but in the whole semifinal so (laughs) that was thursday that was only thursday oh goodness (laughs) yeah we have not even hit the the proper weekend let's start with friday our friends over in australia finally revealed montaigne's entry for this year technical I 
was not familiar with the term hyper pop as like a, su- a subgenre of music. I didn't realize how many artists I really like fall into that category. And yeah, this one is I don't I don't know how to process it necessarily. Like I really like it. Like I know that like college age Mike would have been all over this song. And okay. it's interesting as a Eurovision entry. What are your initial thoughts on it? I had not realized that this was playing with hyperpop because I am familiar with that term and I also mm. have a lot of it in my playlist. And like it's not hitting me in the same way. Okay. I feel like I should be liking it and I'm not. And I'm trying to I'm still processing why. My current feeling is this is three songs called Technicolor happening at once. There's one in the verses. Mm-hmm. And then there's a completely different song titled Technicolor that picks up from like the 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 little intro to the chorus. Right. And then the bridge could belong to one, either of those but also could also be its own thing. I can see is, that, yeah. There are there are lots of ideas happening. If this is trying to do a hyperpop thing, those often have lots of ideas happening, but I'm not sure that they're cohering for me. I think that is a fair assessment. Um yeah. and like like I said, I wasn't familiar with the term hyperpop, so I don't know all of the like nuances of the genre, but like from from my quick read of the Wikipedia page on the subject, it's like, "Oh, mm-hmm. I like Charlie XCX." Oh, so <laughs> A thing that worries me is that the melody line in the verses feels very fussy, and I have no clue what that's going to sound like live, and it feels like the thing where if you're, like, off pitch for a second, it's just going to be all over the place. Yeah, I think she performed this at Mardi Gras uh, in Australia over the weekend. I haven't, I haven't had a chance to check for that performance so um, i also have maybe not. that yeah so maybe that might offer some clues and uh be something to talk about when we talk about australia more in depth uh, in a couple of weeks so yes i'm happy that nations this year especially the ones that have stuck with their artists are making interesting choices i think it's mm-hmm. going to make for a very interesting contest yes and this also feels truer to the kind of music that i think montaigne wants to do yes so uh i i i think that will come through in any performance Mm -hmm. all right and then another act that is returning for 2021 is serbia's hurricane and they debuted loco loco So what do you think of the season premiere of Untitled Super Spy Roommates Project? Yes, yes, you, you nailed what I was going to say. I'm like, this is, the, this is the theme song and closing credits music for their TV show where they're spies that are also international pop superstars. And just like the video has the same aesthetic, but this is the credit sequence. I love it. I don't know if I love the song. I think I just kind of love the imagined world we have created yeah, for this group <laughs> just like, like at this point the song is at this point we have just stuck with the weird fan fiction we've written about this band but but yes like the the thing that my brain horked up about this one while i was going for a walk today to try and figure out my thoughts on all 12 of these songs we are covering the concept is so wedded in my brain of this and the weird fiction we have written about this yeah i'm just like yes this is this is the theme song for like whatever version of bones their show is like it feels like the theme music to bones weirdly (laughs) some sort of procedural but i really want to hear the studio version of this because um yeah like the, the version that's on youtube right now feels 
It seems silly to say overproduced because duh, but <laughs> yes, <laughs> but but it's just like it's overproduced to the point where it's just like I can't really differentiate the sound. Like it it was tough to pull a clip for this just because it's just like oh it's just this wall of blasting which is fine i mean it's still danceable and it's just like yeah the party is here bring it chaos queens um i don't know if i can have an opinion about this song yet because i feel like i haven't actually heard the song like it's just visual presentation and it's just this wall of sound i i have listened to the version that's on spotify which i assume is the studio version oh it's on spotify now yeah oh it's on spotify now oh um, finally there's a lot of very processed vocals there's just a lot going on mm-hmm and I'm really wondering how that's going to translate to a stage presentation that's not just Chaos Queens. But I think that's what we want. <laughs> Is what we want what's good for the entry? True, true. On the mm. other hand, like, if they did, like, a very pared-back presentation of this, we'd, I'd also just be like, what are you doing? Yeah, like, I, I'm not picturing this on MTV Unplugged anytime soon, so... <laughs> like unlike with roxon i do not need to hear like a a plaintive acoustic version of this i can't even fathom what that would sound like i think that kind of goes into how successful a song is going to be at eurovision because i will a children's choir perform this at next year's selection show or if you were to win will a children's choir perform it at at the start of the first semifinal? and i don't know if this song really lends itself to accomplishing that yeah (laughs) perhaps i'm asking for too much (laughs) we demand tropes there's something to be said for like knowing your brand and sticking to it oh yeah absolutely and and again this is another one where it's like all right last year's was fine i think this is a step up particularly in the love interests that they have cast for uh second season like uh, i i approve um (laughs) the network had notes saturday was the main event uh, let's start with Easty Lau. We had seen two previous semifinals from them. As somebody who had not watched the semifinals, I particularly enjoyed the way that both Wingman and Yuri's performances mm-hmm. sort of incorporated the nature of TV production into the actual performances. Wingman having a person in the control booth, that was fun. Something about the way that Yuri Putzman staged uh, his song where, again, we we had shots of the cameras shooting Yuri. Mm-hmm. It it just felt very fresh to me, and that totally went along with his song. After the jury tabulations were in, uh, the top three were Sissy, Wingman, and Carl, which, knowing that the favorites going into this were all of the returning people, so Yuri, Uku, and Kuit, was shocking, but once the televote numbers were in, the super final was revealed to be Uku, Sissy, and Yuri. Going back to the numbers there, that was a three-way tie. Each of them had 15 points. There was not clear consensus really anywhere. I mean, I guess Yuri was probably the closest to clear consensus because I think he had he had eight and seven. Uh, yeah, he but, had eight and seven. Yeah. And then Uku and Sissy were like the polar opposites of one another mm-hmm. with with regards to the jury and the televote. Ultimately, in the, the final televote, Uku was the decisive winner. He had 46.1% of the vote. Congratulations to the lucky one. Did I want it to be Yuri? Did I think that Yuri had like a fresher song? Yes. 
did I think that Sissy had a lovely performance and, and showed that she's someone to keep an eye on in future Easty Lyles? Yes. Is it nice that Uku gets to go to Eurovision? Yeah. And really, it was such a strong field all around. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. I'm just not excited about this particular entry, but I understand why he crushed the televote. So I do think it's a stronger song than last year's song, which was just very yes. overblown. This is another one where I'm hoping that he's actually able to go to Rotterdam and not having to rely on any pre-taped performance because the staging for this was not great. Like, it's just, like, chains falling from the ceiling and, like, lots of lightning effects. And I think there's some water in there, which there wouldn't be water in, well, whatever whatever gets pre-taped. But yeah, it just felt so literal and just mm-hmm. not very interesting. <laughs> so I feel like Uku could have way more fun with this. Maybe? It's a it's a weirdly serious song. I have to wonder how much creative control he had with with the staging aspect of it because I he has a sense of humor like he's mm-hmm. he cracks jokes on Instagram and uh like when he did his Eurovision home concert last year like there there was there was some personality in there and I don't feel like that was really demonstrated on the stage. Yeah, let this one stew for a little bit see see how it stacks up in the rest of the field because uh th- this one's also in the second semifinal like most most of the songs from this week are going into the second semifinal and i think this one's going to stand out because he is not a chaos queen but it's such a different song from the rest of the field it's like okay is that gonna help or is that gonna hurt and... yeah given that saturday was a fairly busy day i did appreciate that easty Lau had everybody perform in perfect timing to be able to switch over to everything else happening. So Donk's Melody Grand Prix mm-hmm. and Melfest. Let's let's talk about Donk's Melody Grand Prix. I think it was Will Howells on Twitter uh, describe everybody's audience-free stages as time tunnel sets. And I did think that Denmark had a very nice time tunnel set. They were using their stage like the video wall aspects like they were taking advantage of that where they had like the banners of the different contestants and then using that to lead into like video packages and talking to their friends and family and stuff mm-hmm. which i feel like the other the other shows haven't really been doing that like they they the walls would be used in the performances but not in the in between segments things i liked about denmark excellent 3d use of their space it felt like they were actually using it uh loved the live band aspect Mm-hmm. The arrangements that were going on were delightful. Things I did not like or, or found just okay. The remainder of the program. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, DR gave some level of explanation for why Ben and Tan were not there, and it was not a great excuse. They definitely had room for, like, a ninth performer, especially if you're cutting it down from 8 to 3. 8 to 3 is a weird number. Go from 9 to 3. Denmark is on the same kind of 80s tip that everybody else is on right now. The first round, so everybody performed, and then the super final was Chief One and Thomas Butenschoen, which was just a, a weird performance that felt like it took five minutes. It was this, it's the song that plays over the credits at the end of a movie. I liked it as a studio track just because it had that kind of, like, 60s Motown Mm-hmm. sound but there was no cohesion to the performance at all like if you see me complaining about wardrobe on twitter that's the sort of performance that mm-hmm. i will point there to because it's just like there was nothing connecting the people who were on stage there was not a group text talking about what people were going to be wearing right another one was jean michel who had a very lovely song that you could hear a voice winger winner saying anywhere in the world mm-hmm apologies to that song i did i, I thought it was disappointing there were better songs in the mix what did win was Furoflam with Ua Aspo Hinanen.
it got picked. I've been listening to this one a lot, and it's growing on me a lot. Oh, really? Yes. As I said, everybody is kind of doing this 80s thing. Denmark's getting into, like, the weird, like, songs that didn't hit number one, but were definitely, like, a weird thing on the charts. Mm. Like, this had shades of ABC's The Look of Love for me. Yeah, the wardrobe would would contribute the, to that. Also, yeah. The wardrobe helped. And I like that, that Denmark is like, oh, you liked 1985 Eurovision last year? Cool. We're going to give you the full 1985 Eurovision experience. We will be singing in our na- in our native language. We will have terrible wardrobe. I'm happy that of the three things that ended up in the superfinal, Denmark is making the interesting choice. I don't think it's a winning choice, but I don't think that a lot of their lineup was winning choices. But they're doing something weird, and I'll take it. As you were uh, saying about the other one being like from the soundtrack of a movie, like this one to me sounds like the title song for one of those kid-oriented movies from the 80s that for some reason has imprinted on all of your friends but you have never heard of this movie before you have never seen this movie like i'm I'm thinking of like labyrinth or the dark crystal or like return to oz i i do think this was the interesting choice of of the three options available but yeah that's really not saying much from this field um Mm -hmm. although the the band itself like they seem like interesting guys so that could be fun to watch like they they uh seem like they give good interviews and stuff so Mm -hmm. uh if anything we'll get good personalities so the interviews are good and like they are diving deep into this very this very specific 80s fashion thing in a way that Mm -hmm. i appreciate is that this is not just we're we're dressing up like the 80s for this song this is our band's aesthetic they are committing to the bit and they're committing to the bit and i I appreciate i appreciate that immensely denmark's song will remain in danish which will be the first time that they've had a danish entry since 1997 so that's kind of a big deal Uh, over in portugal they are doing their first ever song that is fully in english the Black Mamba won the Festival de Cansao, and they will be singing Love is on My Side. 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 Maybe not. This was from the first semifinal, and Ben, I know that one was not not your preferred semifinal of the two. Uh, have, have you gone back to listen to this song? Uh, since I have gone won? back to listen to this song, and like I have no memory of this being in the first semifinal. But in fairness, my brain my brain may have tuned out. Well, yeah. and also, it just felt really weird for a song to be fully in English at the Portugal final. Mm-hmm. Even though I was very positive about all of Portugal's entries this year. I think this one was my least favorite of the field of 20. So I, <laughs> oh I'm, boy. Yeah. I'm genuinely surprised that this one won. It ended up uh, like pulling a Jamala in, in terms of winning. Like it came second in the jury and it came second in the televote. And yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that the public went with this one, but I, I'm not aware of how popular Black Mamba is as a band so that could be factoring into their selection so who knows i've i've yet to get a full listen of it in since they've won because just like i just don't like this i okay so on on my very long walk today to listen to all 12 of the entries tried to listen to things twice and i say try Mm -hmm. because i did listen to this one for the full time the first time and the second time it came up on shuffle i did give it a minute and then immediately moved on 
Mm-hmm. It's like I I do not like it. It feels like the sort of thing that would have done major numbers on the VH1 countdown in the early 2000s when I was watching the VH1 countdown and I would have mm. and, and much like when I was watching it then I would have gone why for me, it's reminding me so much of uh, the Make Makes, uh, Austria's entry when they hosted Eurovision in 2015 and scored zero points, despite the piano that caught on fire. I- I'm very curious to see how this is received over the next couple of months. Like, this yes. is... This is going to be a tough one, so... This is, yeah, this one, this one, I do not... Like, this one is going to be a tough one for me as well. In typical Festival de Constal fashion, it went rather late into the evening, but not as late as San Remo from Italy. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, San Remo started last Tuesday. It was five nights of competition. I believe it was around 30 hours of televised content uh, over the course of the week. Yeah, how how much of that 30 hours would you say you watched? So, uh, on Saturday... I started with Easty Lau. Once everybody had performed, swapped over to Denmark. Once everybody had performed at Denmark, went back to Easty Lau, saw the top three, saw them choose somebody, went back to Denmark, saw them pick mm-hmm. from their top three, which had been announced at that point. Then decided to catch up on Sweden. Then took a dinner break, mm-hmm. did some stuff around the apartment. Then tuned into San Remo, which was at contestant 19. Okay. <laughs> And I was so, like, well, the, and I was like, well, that's probably 19 out of 20, right? No. <laughs> 19 out of 26. 26. <laughs> and there will be ad breaks. Not as many bits, but there there were a lot of guest performances as as there usually uh, are at San Remo, but there weren't the like sudden magic tricks. Uh and it seemed like with the voting, like as best as they could, kept a tight ship. So, um congr- congrats on that. But it was still it was a 6-hour show. I think it was close to 3 in the morning. Italy time uh, before winner was declared, uh, but it was it was a good show and a really good field overall. I mean, Italy mm-hmm. Italy's gonna Italy on that. But of the entries I watched, I was like, oh, everybody's really good. I should be watching mm-hmm. all of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, shout out to the people who did watch all of Saturday and the whole week. I have no idea how you're <laughs> how you are I, awake right now. <laughs> I'm, I have no idea how you do it, and I'm in Eastern Standard Time where this happens at a normal hour of the day. This should have been doable for me, and I was still, uh-uh. So, <laughs> uh, but but yeah, uh, the winner of the contest was uh, Mona Skin with their song ZTE Boy. performance came on i was just like oh this is interesting and like listening to the music it's like oh this is quite good i hope they do well and then they won and i was quite pleased <laughs> what, what were your thoughts on this one ben i've been keeping track of san remo twitter all, re- all week and was just watching people going well wouldn't it be nice if this one mm-hmm. won and like everybody was just ecstatic the more i listen to this one i like it a lot it feels different from what Italy has done. And just thinking about what I said about uh, Moldova, this is sexy. Yeah, like this is this is the first group or uh, act from this year uh, of of the new acts selected where 
I've started looking into their back catalog like pretty closely. Like they, uh, they. I haven't done that yet, but it is on my to do list. Even before San Remo, like they were a very popular band. Like they came in second on Italian X Factor. That's kind of where they had their big break, and uh, their album after doing X Factor, like. Got to number one on the charts. Uh, they've had a number of successful singles. They are on the come up and they have like the sex appeal and charisma and just a really good sound. And I am very excited to see how this plays out over promo season. Like, I'm, yes. Yeah. It is that like, I'm liking it very much in the moment, but like, I want to see how this plays against the whole field. Could it finally be at least year? Yes. And also a thing that, that I noticed when I started yelling at Sweden to name a woman, Italy by picking a group that has a, a female basis has named a woman. Yay. And also just the fact that Italy's sending a group. That, like, that, a was, group? that was the cool thing about the Super Final, because it was uh, Irmo Meta, uh, Francesca Michelin, and Fedez, and Mona Skin. And yeah, so you have like a solo singer, which they've sent most years. Uh, you have duo, which Irmo Meta was part of a duo when he went in 2018, but like this, this one was more of a true duet. And you have a group, so it's like, oh, they're going to be sending something different no matter which of these three acts advance but then mm-hmm. like the most different of of those choices like totally crush the televote so mm-hmm. uh good job guys so <laughs> zte bloney does the thing that ermo meta's duet did where it's just super wordy mm-hmm. but it does it in a way that feels fresher to me than that did our constant comments about italy that year was that i felt like i was getting lectured yes. and like this is the same sort of very rapid fire lyricism but over this like awesome rock beat that just yeah. works amazingly so far i think my favorite moment of selection season was when they were giving their winning performance and the entire orchestra at san remo standing up and like they're still playing but they're also rocking out and there's this one woman in the string section who's waving her fist that she's also holding her bow in <laughs> and it's like oh wait i still gotta play and it's like yeah yeah just watching the orchestra just like <laughs> lose their minds over this band winning good choice italy i'm so excited about this one so (laughs) yes that was supposed to be it but then stuff happened on sunday (laughs) yeah it did (laughs) oh my god it like broke the internet too which you don't expect for san marino i did not have san marino breaks the internet on my eurovision bingo card this year Nope. And I should and... know better because we've been watching Sunit's freaky trip to Rotterdam for months. Mm-hmm. She told us she told us it was coming. There was a leak of San Marino's song Adrenalina that happened on like sometime on Sunday. By the time I woke up, I just woke up to Sunit trolling everybody on Twitter. <laughs> uh, and then what was supposed to be like the the normal like six PM US time drop just got moved up to well it's lunchtime let's just drop the video mm-hmm. uh and that's when i learned that yes uh flo rida will be featuring on Sunit's entry just 
so much fun to wake up to on Sunday where it's like, okay, I'm just going to check my Twitter. Why is everybody talking about Flo Rida on, on, on my Eurovision Twitter? Yeah, and, and, like it was also one of those things where it's just like, okay, I have to try to like piece it all together because there's like, <laughs> yes. no coherence in what's going on. It's just like a phrase, exclamation point, and then like random gifts. And it's like, what is going on? And then fin- finally seeing all the puzzle pieces uh, assembled. It was like, oh, oh. And yeah, getting very excited about that. And she's like, well, maybe somebody's misinformed here and we're just like getting our hopes up. But nope, mm-hmm. when the drop happened, it was like, just like oh, yeah, my, okay. like my big my big thing was just like being very loud in our in our Slack of just like, okay, like he's probably on like they're probably releasing two versions of the track. And he's not gonna be on he's not gonna be on the Eurovision version, and he was in the Eurovision version. Mm-hmm. Although you could tell in the video that uh the two of them were never in the same time <laughs> they, zone. They have the not been in the this. same physical room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but what do you think of the song? I did not have San Marino breaks the internet on my Eurovision bingo card. I also did not have San Marino releases a Fuego level bop. This one stuck with me in a way that San Marino's entries usually do not. It's really catchy, although that shouldn't be surprising. It has Jimmy Joker and the Debs on it. It has it has all of the Swedish brain trust. Yeah, like it, it seems like San Marino's just like they're they are going all out on this. This almost feels like Russia levels of just powering through like <laughs> will victor plashenko be part of the performance just mm-hmm. skating around <laughs> it does feel like them going for broke but also like a weird cynical part of me is like oh san marino can finally afford a fuego clone a few years later yeah, but well, it, it's still a very good one that is not to discount this song fuego yeah. also fuego like if you're gonna copy a eurovision thing fuego is a very good one to copy we loved fuego we still love yeah. fuego it's very good and i don't think of this one as a fuego clone like i mean it, it's 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 not the way that replay was a clone or uh whatever switzerland century was in 2019 uh, it's like, it's it, it's better than i i would say it's better than replay when i saw that florida was trending on twitter i assumed that he was presumed to be on the new season of the mass singer like that that is that is the context that i would expect to see his name in, not eurovision it's not clear yet if he's going to be actually on the rotterdam stage because of whatever travel restrictions whatever his schedule is going to allow that sort of thing but it, it's just such a delightful surprise that mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, America's going to horn its way into this competition one way or another. So <laughs> that was this weekend. Uh, and then uh, today, as, as we record this on Monday, Russia did end up having their national final that they just kind of sprung on everybody. That we learned about like a week ago and that every time we turned around, there was a new Little Big's going to be there. Little Big's not going to be there. Why isn't Little Big there? No, they're going to be there. It's fine. Yeah. Little Big was there. They did a performance of Uno, which is pretty much a recreation of the music video, but it was, it was still fine. And yeah, they announced that they would, would not be competing in the national final. And both they and Channel One, uh, Russia's broadcaster, uh, decided that it wouldn't be a good idea for Little Big to go because they would be kind of competing against their 2020 entry. And that's just not an ideal competition situation because you're also trying to win Eurovision, but you don't want to let people down uh, if like whatever they submitted was not up to the same standard as uno i feel like i'm like <laughs> overblowing uno's place well, in well, the no, like, of music but <laughs> well i think i think that people were making a big deal about uno because uno sort of had skyrocketed to the top of the most played eurovision videos on the eurovision channel on youtube 
Right. But that's free of the I, I've mentioned this before. That's free of the context that Little Big had a ver- had like a fairly viral following beforehand. Mm-hmm. And this was the only place you could really watch the Uno video. So, of course, it's going to skyrocket there. People who like if you if you follow Little Big on YouTube, YouTube is the algorithm is going to serve you up their video because you like Little Big and you have watched it in the past. Right. But if their entry did not rack up 100 million views, then that's going to be seen as a failure, even if they mm-hmm. went on to win Eurovision. So it's just like it, it uh, just it just puts everybody in an awkward in, in a weird place. And also as somebody who saw that they had also released a song today, looked mm-hmm. at the song and was like, this was a wise choice. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like, all right, we'll just give someone else a chance. And who knows? A little bit could come back in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were three songs that competed. And the winner of the process was Maniza with the song Russian Woman. kind of tell that this whole thing was thrown together at the last minute just in terms of like the songs that were presented like the three songs were fine i don't think that they were designed to be eurovision entries necessarily and then also like philip kirkorov was at the final and he was a guest performer he was kind of doing his uh like an abridged version of his everybody loves me uh thing from his show on thursday where it's oh, just no. like yeah if Russia was actually planning on doing this. What happened on Thursday probably would have been this show. <laughs> so <laughs> did you get a chance to listen to this track? Because I know it came out like three hours ago. I have listened to it a few times. And like, this is the one of all of the 12 songs that we have covered this week. Then like, I need a few more listens with this one. My initial response right now is that it feels very all over the place more so than montaigne's for me it feels like a collection of bits and i'm not sure if they go together yet yeah this one it was hands down the best of the three i i I will put it that way i liked the initial performance i I could tell what she was going for i like that it has kind of like the like traditional russian elements but i don't know there's something that feels very modern and playful about it like it feels it feels a little bit like a rap battle but she's the only person in the ring at the moment (laughs) so Yeah, and even with it being kind of a thrown-together performance, I thought it was an interesting stage performance that she was doing. Like, having the backing singers in, like, four corners uh, of a square, and she's interacting with them and really bringing them into the story. You could sort of tell what the overall story was, because Monday is uh, International Women's Day, which is a national holiday in, in Russia, uh, so it feels like the thumb was kind of on the scale if the song is called Russian Woman and it's the one that has like an interesting stage presentation compared to the other two, which did not. So <laughs> I, I, I was seeing various rumblings about that people going, OK, but like, is it is is the finger on the scale for this one? I don't think it's a bad choice. And uh, yeah, this is one I, I don't think it's had enough time to fully bake yet. So like what once we see it like come out of the oven i think it'll be an interesting overall product oh we're done and there's oh. there's how many entries next week 10 okay oh, no. oh no not oh. again <laughs> it's like that, like that feels like such a relief compared to compared to all of all of this week's 
But looking looking ahead to the week, Wednesday, uh, Austria's song will be fully publicly available. I believe they're doing some sort of radio play press conference mm-hmm. sort of a deal on Tuesday. But we get to hear it on Wednesday, where we also get to hear Greece's Last Dance, Switzerland's song for Jean's Tears, and Bulgaria. Thursday marks the first UK radio play of James Newman's song. North Macedonia's Here I Stand. Friday, Poland is finally revealing their artist and song. There's been a lot of rumblings across Eurovision News Twitter, just sort of what's going on behind the scenes with Poland. We don't really know. Like, we think we have it down. They have it down to, like, a, a smaller subset, but we'll find out what that is on Friday. And we will also find out what Samantha Tina's song for Latvia sounds like this year. Ah, uh, another chaos queen. Yay. Uh- yes. <laughs> And then Saturday, relatively quiet compared to this Saturday, uh, we just have the Melfest final. Oh, right. That thing. Yes. Yeah. Andre Johnson happened. And in the big battle, uh, Clara triumphed over Ava and Ewa. Everyone was sad because one of our favorites had to go. Yes. But I think everyone's also happy because Clara's song is really good. And... Clara's song is really good. I think that we have a decent lineup for the, the Swedish final on, on Saturday. Like, that's going to be fun. I think I would like to see the Mamas take it just because they should go to Eurovision. And, like, their song keeps sticking with me. It does feel like it's kind of an open field. not Maybe not as open as Estonia's was. But yes. I... I, I have fewer objections on what could advance but i'm just thankful that the final was not this past weekend because i think it would have broken everybody so <laughs> yeah it would, it would have been like one else. it would have been one one too many yeah uh and then the other major drop happening on saturday is dothy Frere's 10 years will be will be live will be revealed which Ooh. uh did you watch the either part of the documentary yet Mike? Uh, not yet. Uh, I, I was a little busy this weekend, as you might imagine. That is, that is fair. <laughs> that is fair. Anyways, both parts are available on Rouve. They are delightful. If you can turn on the subtitles and Google Translate will do its best to translate them from Icelandic for you. The thing that, that really, I think, appealed to all of us about Dothi and company last year is that it felt like in the right set of scenario, it is you and your friends putting together a show for the Eurovision. Mm-hmm. It's it's very cool. It's it's very much a it takes a village approach. Oh, nice. If that wasn't enough, on Monday, Oscar nominations are happening. We will see if Husevik makes the cut. Oh, fingers crossed. Uh, but for now, we rest. Mike, go sleep now. <laughs> that is going to do it for this episode of the Euro What. Thanks for listening. The Euro What podcast is hosted by Ben Smith. That's me and Mike McComb. That's me. You can subscribe to the Euro What on the podcast app of your choice. When you subscribe, leave us a review, let us know how we're doing, and help other Eurovision fans find us. Show notes are in the description of this episode or on our website at eurowhat.com. If you'd like to contact us, we're at Eurowhat on Twitter, or you can email eurowhatpodcast at gmail.com. We'll be back next week to try and make sense of what's new in Eurovision. <laughs>